0: everybody, welcome to the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. This episode features Mr. Matt Higgins and Mr. Jay Roderick and myself in conversation. We're going to talk about some items in the news. We're going to talk about what it means to commit to your scene, to commit to the joke. We're also going to discuss whether or not Gary Oldman is the greatest actor who ever lived. I say he is. Try to fight me. This is the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. The following podcast is in no way related to Centralia, Pennsylvania. And now, direct from New York City, an island off the coast of America, it's the Centralia Conversational Podcast. Just keeping it real, dog. Just, you know, living living the life loca. Living La Loca Life. La Vida Loca, I guess, would be Spanish. Actually, I'm living La Vida loca. Trying to, trying to restrict my calories.
1: Yeah. You're, you're living La Vida Loca. Who sang that song?
0: That was Ricky Martin. Like how I put a little, you know, trill on the R there. Ricky. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. give, give it a little Latin flavor.
1: Not everyone can do that. Nope.
0: No, I took um, a class.
1: Well, I, I mean that there are, um, oh, no, I'm thinking of twirling, uh, like curling the tongue. I think that not everyone um, can, not everyone has that ability.
0: No. I mean, some of it's physical and some of it's just psychological, emotional. Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to commit. It takes commitment. Commitment is nine-tenths of success. I say that all the time. It's it's People get annoyed how often I say it, really.
1: That that was all you said, and people had to decipher um, what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, So you would be at a coffee shop.
0: Mm-hmm. At, and, at a poetry reading, and I'd yeah, be saying, the commitment is nine-tenths of success, and I would just say that over and over again, and people thought it was performance art. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get my point across, really.
1: Right, and I think that you, you committed to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nine-tenths of my success.
1: And what was the other one-tenth? It's height. Hmm.
0: That's not something you can really, you know, do much work on. You're born with it or not. Yeah. I mean, everyone has height. It's just everyone has their own height. It's degree. Yeah, it's a degree. It's a degree.
1: It's degree of height. Initially, I thought you said hype.
0: Well, don't believe the hype. But, you know, if you have to, commit to it. Commit to, commit to believing the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember that expression from the '90s. Maybe commit, it was the '80s. It was the '80s. To
1: commit to believing the hype.
0: No, to don't believe the hype.
1: Don't believe the hype.
0: Yep, yeah, Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Right, Flavor Flavor, Chuck D. That was it. It was the late '80s.
1: You were always on the cutting edge of um, of music, uh, as an. as an appreciator Mm -hmm. of music,
0: a popular music,
1: a a popular music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, not pop, not pop, popular,
1: popular music,
0: popular music.
1: Yeah. So, um, not necessarily classical. Nope. Or
0: jazz. Certainly not jazz.
1: No. Why, um, have you seen the new documentary? I don't know if it's new. Actually, I think it's new. Um, our friend, Raphael Peacock, uh, sent me a message, uh, to watch the Miles Davis, uh, documentary on PBS.
0: Oh, I it's have really not, good. I have not watched it, although we prescribe to PBS. We, yeah. um, they, they take some money from us every month. Mm-hmm. So if I don't watch stuff, I'm basically giving them money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, then I feel, I feel bad. So I have to watch a certain amount of stuff. Really? Yeah, to get my money's worth.
1: Uh, do they monitor that?
0: I'm sure someone does. They just, they don't ever mention it. You know, they're mm-hmm. never going to send me a note to say, hey, by the way, you haven't tuned in to PBS in a while. Right. You might be wasting money. They don't. They're like, shh, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Let's go make another masterpiece theater off of this $5. Yeah. I don't know why they whisper. They do.
1: Um, I, Who knows why they whisper? Maybe they, they don't want to be found out.
0: Yeah. It's just a very quiet office.
1: I was just outside. It's a beautiful day.
0: Wow! I was out earlier walking the dog, mm-hmm. not, not a dog, the dog, and I thought it's going to be a beautiful day. I knew that because when I came back in, I was sweating, drenched from head to toe. I'm also just I'm just nervous, a nervous yeah. person, so it could be nervous, you know, flop sweat, flop sweat.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. How does that manifest itself? Like is a it's a cold sweat.
0: I'm cold and sweaty. What's hmm. up? It's it's a tragic you know, look, first world problems, right?
1: Yeah. I was wondering if you I was just now wondering that if you tested, like sent your sweat to a lab mm-hmm. and you tested it, would your would flop sweat be um, chemically different than like perspiration from like exerting the, yourself yeah
0: like the amount of acid in it or something like that the alkali yeah. percentage
1: yeah like the tears of joy and mm-hmm. tears of sadness
0: right are two totally different tears
1: totally different they come yeah. from different ducts
0: mm-hmm. yep I'm sure I'm sure flop sweat comes from a very deep place in the body
1: mm-hmm. fascinating do yeah. you remember the first time that you sweated
0: the first time I sweated I, yes, I think it was um, probably 1973, mm-hmm. Richard Nixon, um, you know, there was the Watergate hearings. Yeah. And I probably was very nervous for America and for democracy. Um, I probably got very sweaty at that time. Yeah.
1: You, um, did you follow the Nixon uh, Watergate Hearings? Yeah,
0: as much as like a newborn could. Yes. Yeah, I definitely was, was, um, yeah, you know, it was either that or Big Bird and yawn. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember meeting you as a newborn mm-hmm. and I was struck as sort of a newborn as well. I was a, born a couple of years earlier than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember as a toddler being struck by your, your fascination—you were—you were committed. Like nine tenths of you seemed committed fully to a uh, politics, and yep. Um, yep. Uh, you were very up on all the world events. Uh, Vietnam. You were up on the you the Israel Palestine conflict. Yes, everything. It was. It was. It was, it was a
0: turbulent uh, time.
1: It was, and I can remember thinking as a toddler. That so you had you you had for example political buttons, mm-hmm. head to toe, yep, um, yep. and cr- just crazy hats. Which
0: my nanny uh, hated the buttons because she was so afraid she was going to you know prick me with them, right? You know because I'd be on the jungle gym, you know, I'd be running around in my in my nappies,
1: trying to convince people. Trying to, you were running around on the jungle gym. Most kids were playing on it, but mm-hmm. you were on it trying to convince other kids yeah yeah of some you know i don't even remember i just remember i was
0: was trying to get them to you know sign a petition
1: always with the petitions you
0: know we need clean water you know
1: no nukes the way you could click a a ballpoint pen like you would like flip the the uh the clipboard over Mm -hmm. and then you would click that with your thumb and i just Mm -hmm. remember being so I I don't remember, yeah, exactly, yeah. I have no idea what you wanted us to sign.
0: Well, most toddlers didn't. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I took advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, they thought they were finger painting, you know, drawing a picture. But I was starting a political movement.
1: You were pulling, you were pulling, you were using blocks, you were getting on top of blocks mm-hmm. and making these speeches. Yep these. And you were telling us that you were trying to convince us to organize. I think that's what you were trying to do.
0: Yeah. And it was, I tell you, I I learned a lot, you know, toddlers weren't interested, you know, they mostly want to poop their own pants, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to eat paste, you know, they want to cry when someone steals their toys. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I learned you can't, you can't change people. You can't convince people to want to help themselves. They have to convince themselves of that. I learned that at a very young age, probably before I learned how to walk.
1: You learned that before you learned how to walk, before you even learned how to talk. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. Which was interesting that you were, your rants, your political rants were completely...
0: Well, they were misunderstood. Everyone thought, oh, there's a crying baby. But, you know, there was was an intention behind it. You know, people weren't paying attention to what was happening in their name. Mm Mm-hmm. And Vietnam you, War,
1: yeah, the, the oil um, embargo, a women's liberation movement, mm,
0: the women's uh, liberation, as we called it, women's lib back then. Yeah, you know, a lot of little kids are saying, you know, free the boob, but they wanted the milk. I was saying it as a feminist statement, as an ally. We didn't call ourselves allies back then, but that's what we were. You were. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: God, I, I wish I, I wish I. At that point, of course, I had no idea what was going on. I was developing at, um, you know, in, in the average way. Well, uh, I mean, scientifically
0: child. it was, you were below average. You,
1: hmm.
0: I mean, you basically were like a toddler until right around the time you were learning how to drive. That's true. Yeah. They, they called you a late bloomer.
1: I was a, a definitely a late uh, bloomer. Interestingly enough, I, I was going to try to make a connection to Bloomberg. But I couldn't even. Mm. I can't even do that. I'm. You so... could be
0: a late Bloomberg.
1: Yeah, it'd be like a late Bloomberg would be. I guess someone who um, comes around to the wisdom of the free market mm-hmm. economy. Yeah. help me out here.
0: Yeah, that's a late Bloomberg. That's what that's called. Nice.
1: Just to circle back, um, mm-hmm. I uh, I put it just to let you know i had put an earlier part of our conversation in the parking lot Mm. um a lot of things in the conversation you know you know from being in so many board meetings yes a -A b-o-a-r-d meetings Mm -hmm. to be clear Mm -hmm. um that's where we first met when when you were born in a board meeting Mm -hmm. Um, people thought it was a born meeting meeting they got it all wrong they got it all wrong of course um, but that's besides the point. Is it beside the point or besides the point? It doesn't matter. It's really it's a beside, it's beside the,
0: point. the point, whether it's beside the point or besides yeah. the point.
1: Yeah. But what, the, what, I, the, what I was going to say about the weather today mm-hmm. is that it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I walked outside and it was like 42 degrees. And I thought, oh, man, it is 42 degrees. It is amazing out. It's sunny, it's a nice breeze, nothing too, you know. Nothing. I'm guessing. I'm guessing the wind is probably coming out of the south southwest at nine miles an hour. Um, I'm sure the humidity is somewhere around forty two percent, something like that. Uh, but the thing is, I was wondering. I start to think like, did the groundhog see his shadow or her shadow, or or did they not see their shadow? But then there was a third thing that came to my mind. What if the what if the groundhog ignored their shadow mm. saw it and ignored it
0: well you i'm then sure you're aware of you know pennsylvania politics mm-hmm. and the brewing scandal over the groundhog seeing its shadow being fixed that um big weather was involved in fixing this year's groundhog day really and Punxsutawney tony phil um, was on the take.
1: Hmm. They yep. may have something on him.
0: Yep, I think I think he's compromised. I think he's a Jordan. he's a he's a, an agent, a foreign agent. There's nothing the Russians or the Chinese want more than for us to leave the house with an umbrella or a parka mm-hmm. on a beautiful sunny day, or vice versa. Go out in shorts and a t-shirt, and it's minus two, and there's two feet of snow falling. Yeah, That's, that is a communist, communist dream for That's democracy. That's what they want. They can point at us and say, look what the free market does. Look what democracy does. They don't know what to wear.
1: They are saying, look what, look, but they're just saying it differently. They're saying it with an accent. Yes. Yeah, like, saying it in English. Look,
0: look what, look what democracy does, huh? is not good, huh? Have some more borscht that's oh, what they're man. saying that's what they're saying he does not know to wear a mech the pouring rain can i tell you something sure.
1: um i had a, a gorgeous umbrella i'm kevin mm. it was gorgeous and um i purchased it for 25 dollars wow. i mean i this was a high-end wow. umbrella And you know me, I don't, I don't spend more than $3 for an umbrella.
0: You're like a deli Uh, umbrella guy.
1: I am a deli umbrella guy. Um, but we were in a bind and we, uh, we, you know, there was a big thunderstorm happening out of nowhere. So we purchased, um, we purchased a, a really expensive umbrella because that's all that was available at the spot. So I vowed never to lose this umbrella. And I didn't for the longest time. However, um, to make a long story, uh, I don't want to say short enough, but to make a long story short, what happened was that it was, uh, there was a forecast of rain one summer. And so we were going out, um, me and Tracy and my daughter, Una, we were going out and about and we were going to go down to the village and hang out. And we did all day long. And I was insistent that we bring this umbrella because I was, I saw that it was supposed to rain, but it didn't rain all day. And I was so frustrated that it didn't rain. And I was lugging this umbrella around and it was really sunny out and no one else had an umbrella. And I was like, ah, what am I doing? But getting back to commitment being 9% of whatever, um, Anyway, so we were at the Big Gay Ice Cream shop in the East Village. Well, Kevin, at in the evening, all heck broke loose and it started pouring. I put that umbrella up so quick. I was I was so happy that it was raining. I was like dancing around.
0: You probably anyway. felt like a national hero. I
1: did feel like a national. Thank you. Thank you for putting words on that.
0: Yeah, I, I remember True story, um, it was raining. I lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that. And um, was it Williamsburg or Greenpoint? Ah, uh,
0: technically, I was in Greenpoint. Greenpoint. Greenpoint across McCarran Park would be Greenpoint. Mm. So um, I would take the train to the Williamsburg stop, the uh, Bedford stop. The coolest, you know, subway stop in America. It's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, then I'd walk across McCarran Park to my apartment. And I remember there was one night, it was pouring, pouring rain, torrential downpour getting out of the subway, and everybody was getting soaked, because people weren't like Matt Higgins, reading the weather in the morning and planning ahead. It was pretty late at night. Probably coming back from teaching a class, so it's like 11, maybe. Pouring rain. And I had two umbrellas on me. Not sure how I had two umbrellas, but I felt like, you know, um, the, a, a Roman emperor who could spare someone's life, you know, in the Colosseum arena, you know, with a thumbs up or a thumbs down, let him live, let him die. And I was like, who shall I bestow this extra umbrella on? Because I literally thought, you know, it was a $2 deli umbrella. I'm like, I'm going to give one of my umbrellas to someone and save their life. And I probably waited way longer just sort of judging everybody. You know, this, oh, he's clearly a Wall Street banker. He doesn't get it. She's self-involved. She's not going to get it. Mm -hmm. That old woman, she doesn't seem to mind the rain.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: Nor does she deserve it. She's, you know, probably was a hat check girl at uh, Hitler's house or something. You never know with old people, right? Everybody's got skeletons in their closet and some literally and in the end, I, uh, I just gave it to a, a young woman. And she looked at me like I was a crazy person giving her an umbrella. And I said, I've got two umbrellas. And she said, thanks. And that was it. And I often wonder, does she ever think about that? Like, does she, did she become a better person? Did she pay it forward? You know, did I make the right choice? These are big questions. I don't know if there was a point to that story, Matt. No, but you could
1: have... you. It's possible you you profoundly changed someone's life.
0: Yeah. But I don't know if don't she know. was particularly sad. I think I took a moment and was just like, oh, this is someone who's disappointed it's raining. This is the person who I will gift this extra umbrella to. Yes. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if she was in that moment thought, wow, someone recognized me and my needs in that moment and gave me an umbrella. Again... Two dollar fifty cent deli umbrella. No, not not a big deal. Not a big deal.
1: But and what did that cause you? Like, how did that affect your life? Did you become different as a result of that?
0: that is Do you know, a know what I'm really saying? Good, yeah, no. Did I feel like I did a good thing? Well, I certainly realized I'm very judgmental, but I've always mm-hmm. known that. Um,
1: being judgmental of yourself right, as well,
0: true true i'm an equal opportunity offender also um probably had less umbrellas in my apartment less things to trip over i probably would have tripped over an umbrella fallen down the stairs and broken my neck
1: you saved your own life
0: i saved my own life right i would have been like unable to move Mm -hmm. in on a respirator in some hospital you know writing novels by blinking morse code brilliant brilliant novels that really examine the human condition from a unique perspective but Mm -hmm. but you know my field hockey career would have been sidelined yeah for that reason not for the reason that i never really tried which is the real reason it was sidelined
1: right you never you never even picked up how many times have you even picked up a a field hockey club. I,
0: I don't know. I may have and not realized it was a field hockey club because I don't know what it looks like.
1: You thought it was a shillelagh or something?
0: Possibly, possibly, or a broken umbrella. That's just a an umbrella, umbrella stick part. The yeah, stick a, part, the handle.
1: Yeah, just the handle. That's interesting. That wait, I hear the, sirens. Your the, ride
0: is the popo. Is that the popo map? It is. Five O, Five O, Higgs.
1: Five O, get low.
0: five oh get low right am i
1: right five oh uh hey have
0: you have you seen mank i have seen mank you have yeah
1: yeah i loved it i you know i had no idea of like i had i had no idea what it was about and um at all like and I, i found it it was um I was completely absorbed. I was way Sweet. into it. Sweet. Um, but I really, it was kind of, um, and I mean this in a good way, it was very, uh, it was hard. It, it, it required 100%. It required nine tenths of my focus. My focus.
0: Yeah. No, it is. It's not a casual played in the background movie. No, And it, it is basically a uh, Citizen Kane fan fiction film. Mm-hmm. They were like, let's make our own Citizen Kane. Well, it's already been done. So what can we do? Let's do the story of the guy writing it. That And that is never riveting. So it starts yeah. with him sitting down to write and it ends with him finishing it. What can we put in the middle? Well, well tell me what...
1: Okay, so I had no idea that that's... I had no idea it had anything to do with that. I thought it was going to be like a comedy or something, honestly. Hmm. Um, I went, actually, I went to, uh, me and my friends went to see E.T. when it came out. It was me, uh, my friend Danny Patton, and Joe Mm -hmm. Buck. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went and we thought it was going to be a horror movie because we were really into horror movies like Prophecy. Do you remember Mm -hmm. all those like, those 80s yeah what's uh,
0: the the one with the the ball phantasma yeah all that stuff and the guy with the pinhead is that also phantasma who's the pinhead i forget pinhead guy hellraiser that was hellraiser i didn't see that
1: but we went to see et thinking that it was going to be like this real you know this really fun
0: alien invasion it's got an alien yeah
1: yeah exactly and um uh, we were crying. We were sitting in like the third row, like just like the three, I guess, teenage boys, just like crying. And um, and it was really, it was pretty wild. We were like crying and looking at each other and kind of laughing. <laughs> we we're like, look at us crying.
0: Why are we emotional? <laughs> yeah. Run, Elliot, run. Yeah. I don't know where he goes.
1: Think, Elliot.
0: He came to me.
1: Oh, man. It's a great movie.
0: You're getting choked but, up right now, just reliving the experience.
1: But um, but back to Mank, mm-hmm. um, the extraterrestrial entrance at the end was, now. <laughs> there was no surprised. E.T. There's no um, E.T. in Mank. Um, but the thing is, like, it, it seemed to me that they were also commenting on the appease, like sort of the Nazi appeasement, because mm-hmm. at a certain point— Mank, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but like at a certain point, they're like the people don't even like these are people that are like media moguls or yeah. you know.
0: Well, and that's they what, have no idea what's going on. That's that was my et moment with it. I thought it was simply going to be like a funny, lighthearted, almost Cohen brothers, but knowing that it's David Fincher, I know it's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, it's going to be Hollywood you know, behind-the-scenes tell-all. But then I realized they were commenting on Fox News, you know, the birth of of you know, the modern media. But that's it wasn't new then. You know, it was yellow journalism had been around for a long time. It was just a new re, redo of it. Um, and it was very much a comment on contemporary times and how the very wealthy and powerful maintained their wealth and power through uh, the manufacture of consent through the media
1: what about um what what do you think about what makes um oh man what's the actor what's his name um Gary Oldman Ga- yeah Gary Oldman what makes Gary Oldman so good
0: Well, uh, if you could figure that out you could teach you could teach a master class i think it's a hollywood thing but i think he's got it you know there's certain thing there's certain really great actors even the broadway actors you put them on film and you're like eh but there's certain people that the camera loves them.
1: Mm-hmm. And you could he, it seems like he's really going through that emotional pain. Also, like uh, all the the pain that the character is going through, like sort of emotionally, physically, uh whatever, struggling with alcoholism, all that sort of stuff. Like it looks like he's really living it. Yeah. Uh you know what I mean? Yeah. Um
0: it's well, you even, remember there's a Gary yeah. Oldman. Well, first of all, Sid and Nancy. It
1: was a master class in playing drunk. Sorry to interrupt, yep. but it was also a a master class in in being drunk on on um
0: on screen on film yeah. or in performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because
1: yeah. nobody really, very few people can pull that off. Right. right. It's a hard. It's hard
0: because most drunk people don't appear drunk. They're they're trying to maintain. They're trying to cover things up. So as an actor, you have to act like someone who's acting. It's it's a double layer of acting or double stuffed performance.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: I want to say about Gary Oldman, Sid and Nancy, talk about a performance, but the Gary Oldman moment that you probably all know, he was in an, an action film with Jean Reno, Potter. No, with Jean Renault and a very young Natalie Portman. She was a child. It was her first movie. And it's called... Um, well, in America, there was an, a shortened version called uh, The Professional, but in Europe, mm-hmm. it was called Leon. And he, uh, Jean Renault, was an assassin who befriends this little girl who becomes orphaned when her dad is killed by other assassins. And um, Gary Oldman plays a bad cop, a dirty cop. The dirty, dirty cop. And it's any other actor would just play the dirty cop. But Gary Oldman taps into, like, Lucifer himself in some of his line readings. One in particular, when they he's like, he wants to call backup, and he's like, call everyone. And they're like, who? Who do I call? And he says, everyone! And he says it in a way that totally lifts that movie. It's a well-executed movie, and the action sequences are great, visually stunning movie. But it lifts it into another plane of existence that single performance. And he didn't have to do it. He could have just taken the money been like, I'm gonna be a, you know, dirty detective. But he's like, here's an opportunity to channel something from another realm. And he took it. That's my 10 -hmm. minutes on Gary Oldman.
1: 10 minutes on Gary Oldman. Uh, Lifelong fan,
0: lifelong fan of Gary Oldman.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, Una and I watched uh, Spider-Man
0: Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Sp- Spider-Man, Far From Home. Not Spider-Man, Far
0: That's the German. That's no. the German. Speedman.
1: Yeah, but uh, Far From Home, I thought that was a good movie too. I I enjoyed Great movie. it. Great movie.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it, it's really, why do people watch, um, we had this conversation about why people watch Marvel movies um, because, you know, right? We were, I'm sitting here, Una's sitting across from me and, um, you know, Like people generally know that Spider-Man is in the title Mm -hmm. and Spider-Man's going to win or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. But what do we watch it for? We watch it for like the struggle. And also I think because of the, just it's like masterful, like special effects and stuff like that.
0: Right. They couldn't make these movies too long ago. You know, they tried Superman sort of pushed the envelope. That was the height of technology. Plus, they didn't take it seriously. They didn't follow the Godfather rule. And that, you know, the Godfather book was a pulp book. It was a beach read. It was trashy. It was not high art. It was artfully done. But, you know, it was a pulp book. And Coppola was like, I'm going to treat this like it's art. Steven Spielberg did the same thing with Jaws, right? Just a page-turner yarn, a sea yarn. And he's like, I'm going to lift this one up going to get some great actors they hadn't done that with superhero films really until you know they got jack nicholson in the first joker but they hadn't quite figured out that jack nicholson can't be the only serious element in it they sort of were still doing a little tongue-in-cheek camp batman a little bit it was halfway to where where it went with christopher nolan's batman right which as you remember was definitely a meditation on the post 9-11 world, if you will, and what it means to be good and bad and what you have to do to do good in the world and how do you fight evil. That's the whole point of Batman is Batman takes on a dark persona and breaks the law in order to do good because the system is corrupt, man. Spider-Man and Marvel... Is this what you asked for, Matt? <laughs> well, I think what
1: you're getting, you're, what you're bringing back around to the theme, this sort of the theme that's revealing itself uh, to us is commitment. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like Gary Oldman, Gary old man.
0: Gary Oldman. Yes, Gary Oldman. the Marvel they commit Marvel. to having a great time and they take it seriously and they get incredible actors, incredible writers, incredible directors, the cutting edge special effect artists, mm-hmm. and they. You know, they they work very hard at telling something, you know, telling a good story. It's not just to to make some money. And what makes a good story is it connects to universal themes, thousand-year-old themes, stories of gods and devils and what makes a good person and the continuing battle between good and evil and the choices we have to make. Spider-Man's whole theme is with great powers comes great responsibility. And in far from home, he just wants to be a regular kid. He's Hmm. avoiding that responsibility. And he eventually realizes he can't, he will forever be Spider-Man. And he has to be Spider-Man, because the world needs Spider-Man. You know, his friends need Spider-Man, he literally like gives the glasses away. He like literally gives everything away.
1: Just as someone I know, literally gave an umbrella away.
0: I wish I had different music for that. That's I've only got a couple of songs loaded in. We could do this oh. one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Try a different one. What else you got? You already did that one.
0: And I got Oh yeah. Yeah. This has been Chatting with Matt on the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. Cool. Um what else you want to say, Matt? Anything? No, that's any, it. Any, you want anything you want to lay down for p- posterity? Pos, post prosterity
1: poster prosterity I think it's I think it's persterity Pers- perspiration oh. thoughts flop wet. boom we brought it back we brought it back
0: yes we brought it back that was the final callback on the Centralia improvisational podcast hey, hey Jay Roderick, how are you
2: Kevin Scott, I'm fine, great, beautiful winter day.
0: Beautiful winter day here in the studio.
2: Did you see, um, I think I may have shared it with you guys this morning. There's a headline in the Huffington Post about the following, Italian graveyard crumbles off cliff, sending 200 coffins into the sea.
0: Oh my God, an entire graveyard fell off a cliff.
2: According to this article, erosion along the coastline caused this landslide that utterly destroyed the seaside cemetery in northern Italy.
0: Well, I mean, there's a couple of things there. One, climate change.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: Two, real estate. I mean, no offense. When I lived on Maui, there were several cemeteries along the coast. And I was like, you people had no vision. <laughs>
2: why why would i be offended at that you
0: know respect for the dead whatever oh but i'm a, like, I,
2: a, I gotta hang up about that they're dead <laughs> is that what you guys say about me behind
0: my back all the time, all the time like, <laughs> what's up with Jay jane his hanging about respecting the dead jesus you can't talk about anyone who's passed away <laughs> so sad That is how say it it's so sad it's so but sad. i wonder like these italians like i mean I imagine someone is now like, it's a it's a shame. Hey, we lost all these caskets. It might make a you nice hotel. No, <laughs> no disrespect. Not disrespect. Where'd you get this casket, Giuseppe? Eh,
2: you know, forget about it. It's fallen to sea. You know,
0: the second, the second-hand casket market is suddenly <laughs> flush with caskets. It's only just this... one time by a little old lady who just died. is stayed in it for 80 years hasn't been touched by human hands. <laughs> yeah, God. Isn't that nice? You want to try it out? You want to get Is it's, it for you? Is oh, it for this you? A
2: smell terrible. What are you trying to sell me, eh? Hey, hey.
0: <laughs> you don't want it? You don't, you don't want it?
2: That's the smell of the, the factory smell.
0: You wanted that smell. It's a, that new case? Get the smell. <laughs> You don't know, like to hang a couple of Christmas tree air fresheners oh in there God. for you. What do you care? You're going to be dead. What are you going to uh. smell when you're a dead guy? Is <laughs> it for you or for your wife?
2: That's good for my wife.
0: That That's a crazy, crazy story. I wonder, you know, cause there's some cemeteries where you don't, like no one visits anymore. It's, mm-hmm. you don't know anyone who's, mm-hmm. who's there, you know, it's like yeah. three. What did I say, two generations before you're forgotten? Three generations? Yeah, I was
2: just thinking about that the other day. Yeah, unless you're, you know, major. I mean, there's going to be people who, if we're going to be the last generation who remembers, you know, movie stars, certain many, many movie stars who are gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would anyone give a shit about Clark Gable in 50 years? Maybe that's not true, but. Yeah,
0: we still like Clark Gable. Yeah. He's a classic. That's but it, yeah,
2: that's... you have you become anonymous ground.
0: Well, you know, we we live in a time where we're obsessed with ephemera.
2: Mhm.
0: The Instagrams and the TikToks and the mm-hmm. Snapchats and all that stuff that goes yeah. away. Cat cat memes, you know, none of this is meant to last. Mm-hmm. We're right. building a world of of disposable that's things. True. Yeah. And it's interesting that like caskets were the opposite of disposable. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, I mean, I guess you sort of d- dispose of it, but you you mark, this is where the thing that we threw away is.
2: Well, I mean, these things, first of all, they're incredibly expensive. They take for, I mean, I just grind me up into mulch.
0: Oh Please. yeah. Please. Please. You know what? I want my body to be used as a stunt body in movies. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if there's yeah. a stunt
0: Tom Cruise can't do, jump mm-hmm. out of an airplane or something, mm-hmm. just put my body in his costume and toss yeah. it out. You know, you need, yeah. you need something, a realistic, mm-hmm. someone hit by a train, use mm-hmm. my corpse.
2: Yeah, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They could put you in all kinds of wigs. Mm-hmm. You could be anybody. Yeah. Um, you know,
0: probably the shelf life on that kind of thing is probably only a couple of weeks.
2: That's true. I mean, they can probably tape you back together after mm-hmm. a couple of times, but then that's it. Yeah. You know. It'll start to show.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, they got computer CGI stuff, That's true. So so they can cover up the rotting flesh.
2: Would you, if it were available, maybe it is, would you upload your consciousness into into the cloud and into reusable bodies?
0: Well, I mean, theoretically, that sounds like a really great idea, but I'm sure that, like, there's different tiers. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be, like... Mm. Now uploading platinum member consciousness to the cloud, mm-hmm. you know, and I would be in like coach or economy mm-hmm. coach or basic economy coach, mm-hmm. you know, and so like my consciousness would be in the same body as like eight other consciousnesses, mm-hmm. consciousnesses. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that would just be annoying because like- they're That's gonna, true. They're going to have their taste, what they like to watch, you know, they're sitting on YouTube all day.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: And I'm like, Jesus, I'm trapped in this body with these brain mates.
2: We still would. If we had that amazing technology, we still would just use our added centuries just to sit on the TV, on the couch and watch TV, wouldn't we?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because there's there's plenty of people like, you know, on their deathbed. Right. Are like, they just made another Queen's Gambit season. (laughs) (laughs) Upload my brain to the cloud. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Mortality is a gift.
0: It is. It is. There you have it. That was Mr. Matt Higgins and Jay Roderick in conversation. If you enjoy the Centralia Improvisational Podcast, you can support it directly on our page on anchor.fm. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. We can be reached at centraliaimprovisation at gmail.com. We are also on the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Twitter. We'll see you there, or we'll see you next time on the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. I could do this all day.